When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back with another Lakerholic Spotlight. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and of course, Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you giving us a chance here and watching all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe. Please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break, Lakerholic Spotlight, Lakers History 101, NBA Observations, Lakers Snack Pack, and more. Plus our world-famous post-game shows during the course of the season. Looking forward to another great season with the Lakers, so I'm really looking forward to that. But also as well, you can go ahead and check out everyone on the crew and what they do in their normal hours. Like, for instance, Joe Soro, who is in Detroit right now for a wedding. So he will not be back until early next week. He's thinking Tuesday at the earliest. So go ahead and uh, check him out at Lakerholics.com. Because I'm sorry, at Lakersball.com. Lakerholics.com is going to be for the other guys. But Lakersball.com is Ox1947. Go ahead and check him out today. You know, he's still at the wedding. He's going to get bored. He's going to be at the reception. He's going to get bored even more so, even after a couple of drinks. And you know he's going to say something at LakersBall.com. Also as well, he owns a company called Simblades. Go ahead and give him a shout out at Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Our good friends out there as well. Of course, Stone Hansen, who is on vacation himself. Go ahead and check out his work at UpsideSwings.com. And of course... John McAlian, who has lost 50 pounds. Congratulations to him. And I'm so happy to go ahead and announce that he's got a little bit more to go, but you can go ahead and track his progress. Some some great conversations today at John McAlian channel on YouTube. And again, please subscribe today for us on YouTube or wherever you get this podcast so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers fast break. Good morning, everyone. And happy weekend to you. It's great to have you here as we are <laughs> trying to get into the thick of things. I said we would go ahead and have a Lakerholic spotlight. It looks like uh, the guys at Lakerholics.com, one is still trying to connect in, and that's Jamie. He's having some technical issues, so I apologize for that. Laker Tom is, uh, I guess, not going to be joining us. I know a lot of people are kind of bummed about that because we want to hear about what's going on at Lakerholics.com because there's been much speculation on about what's going on at Lakerholics.com. I know that Jamie Sweet has much to say, so I'm hoping that he can come back on and talk about it today. 
looking forward to see if I can talk to him or maybe even Sean Grice because I put out the word to Sean and everybody out there about stopping by for Lakerholic Spotlight. But do give Lakerholics.com a chance if you can. Please go ahead and check it out. You'll see the latest articles right there for Laker Tom. And you'll also see the five things articles from the guy reappearing on the show. Indeed, it is Jamie Sweet from Lakerholics.com. Jamie, great to have you here, my friend, on Lakerholic Spotlight. I know you're having a little bit of connectivity issues, but I'm hoping you can get everything worked out. How you been, my friend? Your week has been a little bit all over the place, according to the drama at Lakerholics.com. You know, it's the dog days. It's hard to it's hard to be excited about anything, and so I think people get a little like testy because you just want the season to start. You want to see how this is all going to work out, and you want to see the Lakers finish building the roster. And so, yeah. Well, you know, my friend, your site Lakerholics.com has been the source of great conversation amongst our chat in recent days. The best Lakers chat that's out there, the Lakers fast break, as he. Disconnects again. Again, he's uh, finding some trouble again with the internet gremlins that are out there. You're having a little bit of a tough battle out there, my friend, with the internet gremlins. Yeah, I think it's that my laptop like has zero battery and is trying to charge and uh, uh, do all this okay. at the same time. Uh, no worries. No worries, my friend. But again, this- you're, I do want to thank Lakerholics.com because you guys have been providing a lot of interest. Uh, and as you know, my constant touting of lakerholics.com finally paid off you guys had uh, hopefully a, a good day the other day as everybody was checking out what you guys were saying the battle between you guys as far as it's concerned and i guess we'll get right into it my friend because it is uh you know as far as the you guys have had arguments and discussions over the years laker tom and i've had arguments and discussions <laughs> over the years sean grice and laker tom have had arguments and discussions over years. i've argued with sean Yes, argue with Sean back and forth and whatnot, but it got a little testy this past week over the possible signing of Christian Wood. And to give everybody an update, Christian uh, Wood. No, no, no. That's not. That is not. That is not accurate. It was the trade the sign of trade. Possible acquiring of Christian. Right. Yes. How about that? Let's rephrase it to that. I'm fine but with him for that minimum. But uh, well, no, you weren't fine with the vet minimum before for him. You said. I mean, a... I'm, I'm not fine. As I mean, well, anyway. Yeah, I know, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fine at being like, I mean, there he is. But Yeah, there he is. But um, I will say, though, it all started with Sam Quinn's tweet last week uh, referring to what Mark Stein was alluding to, because Mark Stein is in the Dallas area, so he's kind of attuned to what's going on with the Dallas Mavericks. And, uh, you know, there were reports that Mark Stein was putting out there that their possibility would be that Dallas Mavericks would be interested in doing a sign and trade, uh, particularly with the Lakers, which would include Jared Vanderbilt so that a Jared Vanderbilt would provide a defensive cog for their fit on their team and B also as well for the representatives of Christian Wood, he would be able to sign for a larger contract. Now, most individuals out there have in the in the Lakers fandom out there have said that this is not should not happen if we do go on Christian Wood we do get Christian Wood like you said let's get him on a a a minimum contract a veterans minimum contract I have been a supporter of Christian Wood from for even before anybody else was that on that hype train but even I know you know what I'm going to get him on the cheap or I'm not going to get him at all 
Well, just don't bid against yourself. <laughs> there but, is... but there, there's other there's other suitors out there, but they're dwindling, especially after Chicago's signing of Oyo Desumi. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, the the most. I mean, I guess Chicago could still use that injured player exception from Lonzo Ball. Um, but they, you know, I, I, there's there's a, there's a market of nearly zero, right? So if there's a market of nearly zero, logic dictates you don't up your ante. <laughs> You know, you go well. He hasn't signed yet. Nobody else wants him. Let's make this happen. Uh, let's force the issue. So, I mean, I think the Lakers are doing. Everybody, I think, is wondering what's going on. I, I think I know what's going on. Everybody's waiting to see what other players OKC releases. They are still over the maximum amount of players allowed on a roster when camp hits. They're about then, twenty to twenty-one right now. If I'm they're honest. at twenty-one, so they got to get rid of like four, like five or six guys. Yeah. Now, not all of them might be good, right? They might not all be guys that we want, but I think people are waiting to see who those people are. And they, ha- you know, they have until the first day of camp. Pokushevsky, 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 Pokushevsky. That's me. Just Any like number that. of players. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, there's a lot of options. That, there's a lot of dominoes that still need to fall. The Lakers have the ability right now to offer them, I think, a, exactly a veteran minimum deal. I don't think we can offer them any more. I don't think we have any more cap space to add on to it. No, because they got about, what, 1.9, I think, that they can okay. offer him. So we can go a little bit over a vet minimum. Okay, yeah. great. Let's say let's say there's somebody who's like where he's like, okay, I'm going to go over here for the vet minimum. And we really, really decide, okay, he's kind of a one-trick pony, but at least he shoots. And, you know, you can always use a little more shooting. And he's got some size. He's going to, you know, some rebounds are going to bounce his way. He's going to get his seven-ish rebounds because he's 6'11". Like, great. Wonderful. You know, let's let's add 1.2 mil to our veteran minimum offer and see if that moves him over here. And honestly, if it doesn't, it's it's it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I, well, Christian Wood is not the key to our season. You know, like, there's no world – you know, it just it, 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 he won't start. He, he's not. Well, that I that I don't agree with you one hundred percent on. I think if he came to camp in the right mind space, I think he is a better fit than Rui Hashimura in the starting lineup. Rui Hashimura would probably be named to the starting lineup because he signed the big contract. But wow. seeing how well it worked out in the playoffs, I really think it would be recommended that he comes off the bench. Rui does, and if it was a right minded. Christian Wood that's in a good place that actually can give you what he needs. He plays favorably to what Anthony Davis does on both the offensive and defensive end. Well, so, well, I mean, he doesn't play favorably with anybody's defense, but I think that he would be AD's primary backup. If he came here, he would, the AD minutes where AD's not on the floor, they'll put a couple better defenders around. They would, that, this but AD thing. wants to play the four. It's been... I, yeah, strongly. And I, I I don't see the, a world that uh, everybody's like you know everybody says the nice things like oh all the roster spots are open before training camp let's 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 just put a couple of things to rest at least for the first you know two weeks to month of the season D'Angelo Russell is going to start I don't care if Gabe Vincent I mean okay if Gabe Vincent comes in and shoots like sixty percent from everywhere and and is playing great defense okay maybe <laughs> but. D'Lo, and this is how Coach Ham coaches. If you're playing for your money, if you're the more expensive player, if you're the veteran, 
you're going to get the shot first. D'Lo checks all those boxes. He's more of a veteran than, than Vincent. He's, he's playing for a big contract next season. He's the better offensive fit for what we do. Uh, although so is Vincent. They all, all of our guys are pretty decent catch and shoot guys. D'Lo plays just as well off the ball as he does on the ball. Vincent plays just as well off the ball as he does on the ball. Reeves as well. All the guys we have are decent off-ball players, if not good off-ball players, and that's by design. So Wood is a guy you can say, like, all right, you're going to back up AD. When you're on the floor, you're, you're, you're getting to- the Thomas Bryant role last year, right? That's the Thomas Bryant role last year. And we saw how long Thomas Bryant was able to deal with that uh, before he, he asked out, right? And Thomas Bryant isn't the malcontent you know, by rep that uh, Christian Wood is. So I, you know, everybody's saying nice things. He said, he had that article where he was like, Oh, I feel like I could have done some things differently or better. And it's like, well, yeah, when, when, when your phone isn't ringing and you're not on a team, you're going to say stuff like that so that people go like, all right, well, maybe we'll try it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But I think every team uh, is now at least at the minimum salary floor. So there's no team that needs to like dump a contract on somebody to come up, or at least not a meaningful amount, you know, not like a six, seven, eight, nine million dollar deal, which is what I'm sure he would rather sign than a vet minimum deal, but it's not gonna happen. Um and for that spot, I mean, listen, we got Hayes, we got Prince, we got Hachimura. We're talking about, you know, Hachimura and Wood, I think way about the same. So really you're just talking about a couple of inches of height. And Hachimura is the better player on in every facet of the game, right? Except maybe like in volume. <laughs> maybe maybe Christian Wood likes to shoot more than Hachimura looks to shoot. So there's that. But um, I I just don't you know I I see this. I mean, when you say that though, we are actually just going off what the playoffs are for Rui because leading I'm into the that trade, that's a step, I'm the four that's years a step uh, he took forward. Okay, because I'm hoping that that's the case. Because his career has been inconsistent, and actually, I would have argued, you know, at the trade deadline, if you'd have told me which was the better player, I would have argued for Christian Wood. Leading in the trade deadline, we have seen a dramatic transformation in Rui's game in the playoffs, and I'm hoping that will sustain itself. Obviously, not 48% three-point shooting. I think that's that's just you know wishful thinking there. But if he could even get to 38, I think that that's definitely and substantially markedly improved player than what you've seen before from Rui Hashimura in the regular season. Well, I think that we paid for the, what we paid him, what we saw in the playoffs. Right. And so mm-hmm. this is what I mean for the first month of the season. I think playoff guys, everybody who helped us last season is going to get the shot. Bando might not start. He might be, you know, first best defender off the bench. Um, but I also see a world where Bando does start. And then AD starts at the five, LeBron at the three, four, Vando at the three, four, um, D'Lo and Reeves. And then you have a bench of Hayes, Hachim, uh, Hachimura, and uh, Prince and Vincent, right? And Christie's going to get some minutes in there too, hopefully. That's your second unit right there. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Hayes start. I, I wouldn't be too surprised to see us go back to that sort of Frank Vogel model that we saw a few years back, which is the big, the real, the real center, the not AD center plays 20 minutes, you know, seven minutes in the first 
quarter, five or so minutes in the third quarter to kick off the halves. And then you go a little smaller, but with AD at the five. So you went out the halves with AD at the five, which is basically how the Lakers played that year. Um, although he didn't really play much as five in the second quarter. He never played the five almost at all in the first half. They would usually set, save it for the last seven, eight, five minutes of the fourth quarter. And for the regular season, that's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine to play that way during the regular season. Hayes probably won't have a major role in the playoffs, except for how things match up. Same with a lot of guys. Wood wouldn't be in my playoff rotation either. You know, he does. He's just going to get played off the floor. But when we say that, you know, Hachimura is the better player, or Woods the better player, or Prince is the better player, or Hayes or Vando, when we're comparing them to Christian Wood, are we talking about the stats they put up or their impact on winning? Because down the stretch, when he was on the Mavs, who have every tool in the bag to resign him, he sat. He sat. He didn't get minutes. You know, he played his minutes went down as the pressure went up. <laughs> so his, his impact on winning was low. And it wasn't because he didn't get a shot. They had the whole season and they he played his way onto the bench. And and Jason Kidd, and this is you know, Jason Kidd. We all saw how good of a coach Jason Kidd could be when he was a Laker. And this is also with Jared Dudley, you know, player whisperer, best fifteenth man that's ever lived, Jared Dudley. Also, there, like, hey, you know, this is these are the things we got to do for team. We got to, you know, we got to come together. So, so you have two guys who are like player reach reach out to player guys. They're not like cut player off guys, and that's that that still happens. So th- this is, I guess, this is what I, when you when people say anyone, not you know, the royal you. When folks say like, oh, well, Christian was the better player. You're looking at, and I'm not trying to say the guy's not good. He's great at shooting the ball. He, he can shoot the ball, you know, inside or out. He's got decent mid-range game, solid three-point game. You know, percentage goes up and down season to season. That I'm that I'm okay with. He's willing to take shots, and he's a pretty d- decent paint scorer too. The problem is, is that he hasn't been able to show that that impacts winning with that with that skill set. If you have that skill set and you can't impact winning, then I'm going to say that Vando's the better player, that Hachimura is the better player, that these guys who we saw firsthand have had a tremendous impact on winning, even if they weren't putting up the same stats. You know, if you look at wood stats and wood stats and Hachimura and Vando stats, you're going to be like, Oh, well, wood is obviously the better player, but his impact in winning just isn't there. And maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's not his fault, right? We don't know all the things about all the things, but it, he hasn't impacted winning in Houston. He hasn't impacted winning in Dallas, and he hasn't impacted. You know, he hasn't. Is, 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 there's no track record of like, oh, well, if you use him like this, he plays like this. You, this is his role, and now he impacts winning. Nobody's figured out how to make those two things correlate yet. And you know, maybe everybody's right. Maybe Ham, you know, who got Westbrook to come off the bench uh, in an epic contract year, could somehow reach somewhere something in Christian Wood that. You know, a whole, you know, Alvin Gentry couldn't reach, that Jason Kidd couldn't reach, that you know, plenty of top-notch coaches, you know, who have won the exact same amount of championships as a head coach as Darvin Ham has, have not been able to reach in Christian Wood. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, what happened to you? <laughs> That's a crazy thing that just happened on Sean's. What did you, Sean, did you do something on? Am I melting, Jamie, or? <laughs> you are melting, yeah, man. 
live. Yes, I rub my hair and put some put some hairspray in it. So if I am melting, I'm melting. I can't mm-hmm. help it. And Joe Soro is in the chat from the Midwest. Hope he's doing well. Glad he made it safely out there. Hope he's going to have fun with his wedding today. Um, Joe Soros Soros says, cut the crap with Laker talk. We need more Lakerholic blank, blank, blank. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. It is, of course, Lakerholic Spotlight. It is Gerald Glassford along with Jamie Sweet. Films five things articles at Lakerholics.com and the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Jamie, before I send it over to Magic Man, I mean, again, you know, the reason why it's been so interesting for a lot of our fan base have been following it because of what the back and forth on the possible sign and trade theory that went down. I disagree with you that he can't impact winning. He has not yet of yet. I agree with you there. But I believe during the regular season, when you have a substantial amount of games that LeBron and AD will miss, I think he will is a person that you would most likely start in their stead, and he can actually produce and score. I don't know about the Laker Tom saying three-level score a bit, but I do think he can score at 18 to 20 points a game in their absence. But I will say also as well, when it comes to – a better fit in the starting lineup. Again, this goes to the Mo Bamba. In theory of Mo Bamba, the theory of Mo Bamba was much better in the practice of Mo Bamba. The theory of Christian Wood would fit alongside AD, I think, rather well, and their skills would complement each other, along with having another shooter, three shooters out there in the lineup as opposed to two. But in practice, I can't disagree with you because of the fact that he has not been able to prove it for a well-organized, well-run winning team. So I can't say I disagree with you on that. I can't, for every argument I think I can give you, I just can't do it passionately enough. (laughs) This is is the best way I can say it. I just, you can't, he has no proof when it counts the most. And this is my thing with Christian Wood. And then, and like I said, like uh, what the, it wasn't even Lakers Tom's trade. And I probably should have been a little less, uh, aggro about my 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 disdain for such a notion, but like Joe will tell you, no, you shouldn't have. You said I'm, you just, I'm just saying. Listen, I'm just saying that you you a if if you if you're a good GM, you don't bid against yourself. The Lakers are in a one one team negotiation right here. You don't look at the mirror and be like, oh, that guy might get him. Uh, you know that that your opponent is you at the negotiation table. So, you know, leave that minimum deal right where it is on the table. And if he picks it up, fantastic. And he doesn't, it doesn't matter. We can get Rudy, Rudy Gay. We could get, there's, there's a slew of guys who will improve the culture of the team better than Christian Wood, hoping to make an impact, hoping to resurrect his career 
And you're talking when when you said you know AD LeBron gets hurt, I was like that's exactly the role Thomas Bryant had last year. And then when they came back, he didn't have a place because of his defense. He didn't have a place because he wasn't that good on offense. His the, the, whatever offense he could bring did not quite match up to what the team needed defensively, and his you know for the ability to play the kind of defense Ham wants to play, and as a result. Even Thomas Bryant, nice guy who, you know, yada, 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 wanted out. He went to another team that he didn't play on, right? So <laughs> we're talking <laughs> – I just don't understand the the idea that we have to overextend ourselves in any fashion whatsoever to get this done because that's an overpay. You're, if you are if you trade Vando for Wood, you're just making Dallas better. You're, you're, you've bailed Dallas out. You know, it's one of those moments where, like, a guy careens into the lane, trips over his own guy's – you know, foot throws the ball at the basket and gets rewarded with a foul on a guy who's standing 10 feet from a, you know, one of those bailout calls that you see happen every once in a while where you're like, what? why did he get free throws? You know, it, 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 we just don't need to do it. Don't bid against yourself. Don't be silly. Don't, no trade, no second round draft pick. I don't care if we get a second round draft pick back. It's just not worth it. We're not going to have a problem resigning Vando next season, it, it, you know. It's it, it's it's this whole thing. People try to like, oh, he's going to be a free agent next season. Yeah, but what what is? Yeah, so so let's look let's look at the, the through the brief history of defenders he can check. John Morant, <laughs> Steph Curry, right. Julius right. Randall, Brandon yeah. Ingram, Devin Booker. You're talking about guards anywhere from six three to four six nine six ten who can drive to the basket, who all have dribble drive games, and he could stay in front of these guys and chase them around the perimeter. Christian Wood can't do any of those things. Get it, he needs to get around screens better because that's he what does, he, he, he does, but he's sli- he sli- I just think he needs to just get a little bit stronger, Gerald. That's it. But, yes, you're right. Uh, but you know what, Gerald? When Eddie Jones first came into the league, he had that issue too, and, and uh, he found a way to – work on that and became one of the best uh at the at the game so um i just don't think you you trade it's like wimpy right a gladly pay for hamburger on tuesday for today that's kind of what the wood vando trade is for them not for us and i'm with jamie i just like Vando does so many things from a defensive point of view that I like, even with his limited shooting, it's you would always be able to find a place for him on the floor. I can say that with Christian Wood. Again, what the theory of Christian Wood, Jamie and Sean, I think it's just, it, it would be so helpful to this team and what it needs to do and what it needs to get accomplished. But again, that's the theory of Christian Wood seeing it in practice as someone who's been his biggest supporter, someone who actually, again, was talking about trading him onto the Lakers as early as early uh, January, 2020. I was looking back at the archives was around January, 2020 was the last, was the first time I actually saw his potential in him was trying to see if we can get him in a you know, talking to Laker, Tom, enlightening him on who he was because he didn't have an idea who he was. And just absolutely at that time, understanding that, him packaged along with a deal with Derrick Rose and Markeith Morris would have really helped uh, the back line of that team. They didn't need it. They got Markeith Morris anyways, but it all worked out in the end. I just think, again, it all depends on how he wants to approach it. 
if he wants to approach it in a negative fashion, like, well, nobody wanted me. This is going to suck. You know what? It's just going to perpetuate bad things and bad habits, and I don't want him on the team. But in theory, again, if he does come to ready to play, ready to revitalize his career, then again, it could be something that's well worth the offering and be a great surprise for the team, Jamie. It could be. I mean, like you said, the theory. I mean, I feel like if this were NBA 2K and personalities of people and, and real life didn't matter, it'd be a great fit. Exactly. But that's not that's not how it's going to go down. Like he's he's if he's if he's going to be slotted, like you said, I, when you said like he's a great insurance against LeBron and AD, you know, missing games. We're assuming they're going to put top out at 60 games, right? You know, no more than 60, maybe 65 games. Like AD might hit that minimum threshold to qualify mm-hmm. for major in-season awards. Just, you know, by the sheer dumb luck of it. But uh, in theory, you can pencil AD to miss about 30-some-odd games. LeBron's going to miss 25, 30 games. And that's just that's just how it's going to be going forward. You know, they're that's who they are. It's not let's not be surprised anymore, right? Like, it's it, there's nothing to surprising about it. But if Wood, if it, when they are healthy, that means Wood's only going to get, you know, mm-hmm. 25-ish, 30 games of being featured, right? Of being the guy he envisions himself as being. And, you know, Thomas Bryant showed such a great, had such a great stretch of games when AD went down, right? Like, Thomas Bryant played out of his head. He was double double machine you know just playing great basketball and then as soon as ad went came back he still was behind winning gabriel in the rotation like he didn't bounce winning gabriel from his spot mm-hmm. now maybe that's you know that might be on ham a little bit too right like could have ham could ham have gone with bryant sure and bounce you know did, did winning gabriel end up being much of a factor for us in the playoffs not really Neither did Thomas Bryan on the teams he was on the team he was on. So you know it's, I guess this is what this is this is why I don't get all the. Uh, we're talking about guys who, when it comes down to the season mattering, aren't they're just not going to play. <laughs> they're not going to have a role, similar just because of their defense. And so, like I said, like you said, the idea of the skill set of Christian Wood is super enticing. It would certainly be nice to have another a big guy who can shoot, just to have you know put alongside Hachimura and say like, okay, with AD, you got Hachimura, LeBron and Wood. That's, you know, three big guys who can, you know, hopefully rebound the ball. Obviously, you know, LeBron gets his own shot. All three of those guys really can get their own shot. And then you put, you know, any number of Reeves and Russell and Vincent and whoever around them. And that's, that's a pretty solid lineup. Because with Jackson Hayes though, you talked about, Uh, earlier in the show starting him at the five and doing repeating the what was successful for the team in 2020 and and i just think that the league has even stretched out even more since 2020 as far as being able to make up for those kind of deficiencies or spotting those deficiencies as far as being able to not even have any kind of consistent shooting the lakers remember Jamie, we're 27th in the league at three point percentage last season, but and like put it three in points in the paint. That's true, but the uh, the thing is, yeah. if you're already scoring a ton of points in the paint, and you're already going ahead of getting a lot of free throws, transition, you got to at least have something to help you out. That you know, again, 
in the when it counted the most, the Lakers, they they like for instance Denver. Denver played off the Lakers. They play they challenged them to go ahead and make shots, and the Lakers just couldn't get enough shots made, especially with LeBron in one of his thirty to thirty two percent years, which is really critical to you if he's chucking up eight to ten threes a game. It just helps so much to have someone in there that may take a little bit of pressure off you and be able to go ahead and hit a little bit more from the outside. I think our guards last down more against Denver than our bigs did, though. Like, I feel like against Denver, D'Lo <laughs> and Schroeder can only, could only make up for that so much, and Reeves could only make up for that so much. I thought Reeves had a great series pretty good series overall but against denver i think i thought not everybody had like their hardest series and like nobody plateau. Figured out. it was the uh, plateau yeah we hit we hit a plateau and look, look nobody figured out denver last season no, so that and that's why they're the champs and now that's why it's on them to that's a great job way to go fantastic do it again mm-hmm. show me again do it again man like you're gonna be the champs all season long right up until the playoffs start and then it's open season and we've watched the toll. Laker fans understand the toll that it exacts on a team to try to repeat. Denver with, or I'm sorry, uh, Golden State with Kevin Durant had a hard time repeating against LeBron James and a bunch of and Kevin Love and a bunch of nobodies. Like it's the toll is, it, it, and it's not because that Golden State suddenly wasn't talented. It was that they're. They had just been in the spotlight. You know, you're, you're, you, the spotlight cooks you all season long, a little bit every single day, and you get more and more cooked. And, like, other teams don't get cooked like that. So they come into the playoffs like nobody, nobody's been asking you crazy questions every day, all the games, every media session, before the game, after the game, shoot around, you know, random SB award thing, you know. Oh, it's tough to repeat, 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 repeat. It, it, it's a lot for – Guys, especially a small market team like Denver, especially a guy like Jokic, who, even though he's won the MVP back to back, doesn't really have a lot of attention. You know, doesn't really have the, the the spotlight and the target still has never really been on Jokic. It will be this season. He will truly know. He will truly know what it's like to be a winner this season because it's what? not the feeling of greatness that comes with like accomplishing something. It's the next season where everybody's got a, a, a special punch just for you. I came to your house and not only am I happy to see you, but I also brought this really special punch and I'm going to punch <laughs> you in the face with it right now. <laughs> every game. And that's, and that's teams that, you know, don't, you know, it's, it's hard to repeat. And so that's what I mean. Um, congrats to the winner. Everybody did great. Now I get, guess what? <laughs> that's all over. Now you get to do it again. Go, go, go for it, buddy. And they might be good enough. They might be good enough, right? They might have the right mentality, you know, Mike Malone and his weird Laker problem that he has might still have the, the, the you know, the brain space to push the team into another dimension. But, like, it's going to be tough. Sean, uh, anything to add on to that, my friend? Well, I was, you know, um, yeah, I was hoping we could do, uh, like, an off-season Kind of review trail, but uh, just a quick synopsis there. Yeah, Denver, Denver didn't have a huge, like a monumentally difficult path to a championship from the Western Conference. Uh, I would argue, as opposed to what Golden State had to go through, uh, 
what the Lakers had to go through. Um, I'd argue it was, it was, it, it wasn't easier, but it was, it was a path less arduous than other champions. And the fact of the matter is, is that they've lost two key guys to that formula. Their best bench player is gone. Bruce Brown, their second best bench player. And a guy who you like Jamie said, impact on winning, right? So when you look at a box score and you see Christian Wood has 17, 7, and 7, but the Dallas Mavericks lost by 12, or the Rockets lost by 14. Well, you could look at a box score with Jeff Green on the Denver Nuggets, and the Denver Nuggets win 107-98. Jeff Green has five points, three rebounds, uh, two blocks, but Gerald, he played 27 minutes, guarded uh, either your opposing uh, team's best big man or second best big man and was a key contributor. So I, I, I would say that's kind of, the, I think that's what Jamie is saying when he look when he says, don't necessarily look at the box score. It's about what you're doing. It uh, like John wouldn't, wouldn't used to say, don't, don't mistake uh, activity for productivity. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is. Lakerholic Spotlight right here for Lakers Weekend. Thanks so much for joining us. It is Jamie Sweet, the man behind five things, and also the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to stop on by for Lakerholic Spotlight. This Lakers Weekend, it is the magic man, Sean Grice. Jamie, before you have you, to I love, head... I, love, I love how you won't let the Toronto traffic... Uh... Well, people love it. They'd say it in the comments, so I got to keep no, it going. You. Jamie, the biggest movie star in the world complained about this traffic. Well, he's not the biggest movie star in the movie right now. It's called Tom Cruise. Uh, no, Margot Robbie is actually the biggest movie oh, star okay. on the planet right now because Barbenheimer is killing it right now. Oh at yeah, the box yeah, office. yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm actually going. I'm actually going to see. I've got two young ladies that want to see Barbie later today, and I got to take them to it. I know Oppenheimer is doing great. I want to check that out. I do still want to see Mission Impossible, but yes, Tom Cruise yeah. did complain about Toronto traffic, indeed. So but, hold on, uh, wait, 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 wait. Can there really? Can I really? I know. So I know. You know. Shout out to SAG after writer uh, actors on strike and and the writer strike and let's let's make let's pay artists what they're worth and I think uh, you know. Agreed. Not, Absolutely. Not too much to ask. But can once it's done, can really please? Can somebody really make a Barbenheimer movie where Barbie and Oppenheimer work together to defeat the Nazis? But you know, but with like nuclear Barbie rape. builds a nuclear bomb. Oh, please, please. Okay, and then we can then we yeah, can, then can like Mr. even though even though the Trinity test is probably the the like the best part of that movie. Wow. When we went to go see it, every time you saw Oppenheimer. Yeah, last night oh, after we after. We, well, it was after we went off the air. Oh, okay. What's what did thumbs you, up or thumbs Did you down? enjoy it? It's getting some of the best reviews of this century. Yeah. So that's why I'm asking. Every every time Florence Pugh like had a sex scene with uh, some guy just screamed out, Yeah! Yeah! Like every time. <laughs> oh, it was Celia Murphy, who is finally getting a, a starring role in in, in a triple A uh, production. So I'm really happy for him. Uh, it is Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Indeed. Every time it was like on cue. I'm like, we were asking, did did he see it before? Like, every, it's like every single time he knew. 
Well, and there's a again, lot of it, by the way. There's a lot of it. Yeah, well, it's three hours long. There's probably a lot of everything. Yeah, in that movie, yeah. I had but to I go can't to the bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom about an hour and a half in, and that was an hour and a half too long to wait, Gerald. Well, for what you're paying for, my friend, you better get good two and a half, three hours <laughs> out of it. That's for sure. But it is Lakerholic Spotlight. But before you go, Jamie, and give everybody a plug, and just, you know, make sure give everybody that's that's curious the you know. The fact that Lakerholics will stay up, although that's again. <laughs> I, listen, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, what are your thoughts, though, on the early numbers for the Lakers being picked right around fourth in the Western Conference? I think that's about right. I think that we, if if you know this team plays only as well as they played in the run up to the playoffs, I'm not talking about Hachimura hitting that next year. I'm not talking about Reeves taking his game and yeah, you know, adding adding two or three you know, plit bips to every stat category and just the improvement of, of Vincent, I think over Schroeder and it'll all come down to health really. If, you know, if LeBron and AD play more than, you know, 60, 65 games, I think that could even get as high as third, maybe depending on, you know, a lot of other factors, but um, I think fourth is about right. I would like, I would like to see us have a little home court advantage and at least the first round. And I would like to see us skip the plane entirely and get those that extra couple of days of rest uh, for the vets. And if the Lakers can do that, you know, I, th- I think that something that kind of gets it's easy to like bury it in the in the day to day of the NBA is how important in the playoffs home court advantage actually is, especially if Denver is the best team in the league and everybody has to play in Denver to to win the title. But that's the only real home court advantage because of the the altitude. Maybe you could say Salt Lake is like a mini or miniature version of that. But when it comes yeah. to like, for instance, the Lakers, they they took care and disposed of Memphis and they disposed of, of Golden State and they didn't have the home court advantage then. No, but both of those teams were imploding. Uh, Memphis especially was imploding at the time. Um, well, if, if Golden State is imploding, and I said again on the show here that we, we ended their dynasty, how come they're picked ahead of the Lakers? Uh, by Just because of rep. Because of modern legacy. Okay. I don't think – everybody's expecting Kaminga to slide into those pool minutes and have an impact and, and for, you know, Clay to maybe – regain a little more consistency and Steph Steph and you know but I I think you know Draymond just gets a little bit less impactful every season um and I think I I don't think they're gonna finish ahead of the Lakers I think if anything that'll be uh it, we'll have to worry more about Sacramento I think Dallas is gonna be better than they were last season although I'm not quite sure how uh I really am not. I expect OKC and New Orleans to be better than they were last season. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's a long season. I, I think fourth is a, is a pretty good estimate. It has that means we would have jumped what four spots from last season? Didn't we finish eighth last season? Right or no seventh? Seventh. 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 So jumping three spots—that's not bad. That's that's about right for you know bringing the improved team back. Hopefully, not getting off to a two and ten start. And you win a couple more games early in the season, and suddenly you're looking at you know six, fifth even in the West last year. It was it was so tight, you know. Everybody forgets, I think, how tight it was 
you know, three through nine <laughs> spots, three through nine, were all up for grabs until the last like week, week and a half. And so, you know, that's where that two and 10 start really came into play was like, well, that's a lot to make up, especially at the end of the season. And we did a fantastic job gaining ground at the end of the season. So you can't complain. Uh, but you just have to think that if we had started even just like four and six, we would have had a shot at, you know, five or the spot, the five or six spot. Still no home court advantage, but at least we would have skipped the plan. But it doesn't matter. We, we you know, here we are. I, I like our shots. And I, I think fourth is probably about right. Um, based on how much I expect everybody to play and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and and should be noted that uh, D- Denver did have a true home court advantage, as Jamie spoke about. They only lost one game at home in the yep. playoffs, yep. and that was in the finals against the Heat in Game Two. The only loss they had at home, which was the game that Vincent and um, what's his name both went off, right? Yeah, Max Struess. Struess and Vincent just suddenly yep. couldn't miss from three, and so yeah. that, that's what it took, and that was one game anyway i gotta go to swim lessons come by lakerholics.com you can definitely come and you know see me and tom uh, go back and forth uh so so the, so the site isn't shutting down just to confirm i, I mean it was it, it's there now so okay I'm assuming right. that, right. i mean I, you know this is what i mean about the dog days the dog days are real in the nba everybody gets you know there's so much hype there's so much like from the nba finals to the first you know, 96 hours of free agency. It's like this unstoppable train. And then at, once you hit that like hour 100 of free agency and the dust is kind of settled and, you know, there's guys like Christian Wood and, you know, I can't even think who's still a free agent out there that might be. Uh, Dwayne Deadman, uh, Dwayne Rudy right. Gay. Right. Rudy Gay and whatever six, players, whatever six players OKC has to release. Which I'm telling you, that's what everybody's waiting for. Everybody's waiting to see which guys OKC cuts from the roster to come down to the minimum. I'm sorry, come down to the maximum. They can't bring the team they got now into training camp. So I think a lot of teams are kind of like, eh, let's see who they choose not to go with. There could be. Yeah, we good- mentioned that. And I, I agree with you that there could be a possibility as well. And that's what I mean. Honestly, Christian Wood's going to have to wait for that, right? Because that's that's like waiting for the Easter Bunny to pop by. <laughs> you know, like, cool, you got Nick for me, Easter Buddy? That'd be great, you know, because once they cut six guys, they're, they're, that's it. They're unrestricted free agents. They got to clear waivers, and uh, that's it. So then there's not a lot of teams with cap space any, anymore, so waivers should be a pretty quick process at this mm-hmm. point. So, you know, that I, you know, that's just what everybody's waiting for. And so, in a way, I feel like OKC and they're uh, very pedantic and method, 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 method Methyl, I can't. They have a methodological. <laughs> Thank you. They have a very methodical way of doing business. They're going to hold, they're holding everything up. Six guys with potential is worth waiting a couple of weeks for and not having Christian Wood around in the gym or Dwayne Denman or Rudy Gay or Tristan Thompson, even still, or whoever, or Dwight Howard with, you know, with his agent being like, hey, buddy. Anybody want to sign? Anybody want to sign Dwight? Anybody? Yeah, I'm glad to be a Laker <laughs> again. Yeah, you're not a Laker. You're not a Laker, Dwight. You delete that tweet. I, I would love to. If he had, should have just said yes. He just he shouldn't have thought about it. Yes. Thank you. Yes. 
Oh, just give me five minutes. Yeah, oh, all right. We'll give you five minutes. Well, once uh, again, his... it is Lakerholics.com. Jamie Sweet has some great things to say on his five things articles. Plus, he and Tom always go back at it at each no, other. No, not always. Not always. Just yeah, like, it's, it's a lot. It's, I mean, it's sure. Lot. But, like, there are times when we <laughs> it's, it's kind like... of, but sure, but maybe always go at each other. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> I like the impartial there. Yes, uh, the outside observer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess from the outside, but you know, it, listen, it's yeah, I will say now this. that I'm on the outside, I can actually say it objectively. Right. 85% of our disagreement comes from his infatuation with the stretch five and my yes. complete disregard of the stretch five. Like, I find them to be absolutely unnecessary. If you have one and they also do all the good center things that a center should do fantastic so wonderful for you and your team that's great but we do not need to manufacture one out of thin air we don't need to advocate that jackson hayes shoots 400 threes this season or or, like stop the madness just stop the madness the center do the center things and put four of the good guys around them and let it roll anyway have a great weekend everybody i'll see you guys later We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's Jamie Sweet. Go ahead and check him out today at Lakerholics.com. Great to have him aboard. Hopefully you can go ahead and man the ship next week. With Laker Tom, maybe Laker Tom will make an appearance next week, but who knows indeed. But it is the madman for Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to stop on by to talk about the offseason because that's what you wanted to talk about. Is that correct, Magic Man, Sean Grice? Yes, sir. But, I mean, if you got somewhere to be, we could do it later. No, Barbenheimer's later in the day for me. I got to go take care of a few things later today. But I devoted time for this audience because you guys need your – Lakers weekend fix. We don't know if we're going to be on the air tomorrow. Be quite mm-hmm. honest. We might take a day off. We yep. haven't taken one in, in weeks. So we might want to do that unless, because Joe is not around to go ahead and, you know, he doesn't, yeah, you know, I know he gets the itch to do it, but Magic Man, if he gets the itch to do it, he can go ahead and pop on. He, he knows the deal. He knows what to do. So absolutely. Uh, if you can get Laker Nick on here more often, that, you know, obviously that would be greatly appreciated. But I'll try and get him right now, Gerald, because he did he did promise me in an email that he was available around this time. So uh, Slava Medvedenko and Travis Knight are being talked about as possibilities on being brought back. <laughs> we saw Slava earlier. He looks like he's in good shape. He might be able to actually give us a good five minutes out there. There you go. Absolutely. He can he, and he can hit the mid-range. He can hit the mid-range for us. Yes, he can. Uh, 
But I will ask you, though, my friend, you wanted to talk about the offseason, some uh, different things. I, I heard some good conversations on the low post. Do you know this, the podcast this week, as far as either the content or the quality, have both been subpar because we're mm-hmm. now in a soft period. Uh, and then and seemingly it's either about Summer League or about Christian Wood. And really, really disappointing to see that that's all the case. Then we get to, of course, what we're going on with the regular season as far as some ideas being put out there, who looks good and where. So that's what you wanted to talk about, my friend. So I set it up for you, my friend. Go ahead. You hit it out of the park with your thoughts on the offseason. Absolutely, Gerald. You know, um, we should go through uh, maybe the winners and losers. I'll give you uh, a few teams on my list and you see if you agree or if you don't. Mm -hmm. But obviously... The prized winner of the uh, the blue ribbon hog is the the Lakers, and I and I don't win. I don't want to go ahead first to say, uh, and I'll say this: I don't want to go ahead and start saying that you know start doing a season preview of who's going to slot where. I might infer that the Lakers might now look like a top four team in the West or something like that. I just don't want to go ahead and be exact because I don't want to do that until just before no. the season starts. Yeah, because then you get a really good idea of exactly how these teams are set. But the Lakers, I think, did a good job. They did a very good job of getting quality players that can give you a contribution. But most importantly, they're on tradable contracts. So if these guys that are look like they could be good rotation players don't turn out to be as good as you can say as you think they are, then you could go ahead and move them easily later on this year or before the trade deadline. I do think a couple like Jackson Hayes and Cam Reddish are kind of on the fence for me. And we're going to go next week into detail on all of these major additions uh, for the Lakers. Each white, We're going to give each one their own time in the sun as far as it's concerned. But I think the Lakers are around at B plus, A minus. I think when mm-hmm. I look at it, I've, I yeah. said as far as an A, but I'm, I think I'm going to go B plus, A minus because they didn't get anybody that's going to pop. I think for you, unless Gabe Vincent does another fantastic playoff run. Uh, but for what we got, I think was really solid and really makes the Lakers uh, a deep team. Uh, but it doesn't make it a team that's going to jump over Phoenix and Denver. I'm not that. I'm not sure. Uh, Long Duck Dong, uh, mm-hmm. as uh, I will say this, um, Bismack Biombo is a no, a definite mm-hmm. no. And I, uh, 37% free throw shooting, and he gives you he gives you less than what Jackson Hayes can give you at this point in time. So he really does nothing for you. If Jackson Hayes is also providing some shot blocking and some rebounding coming off the bench, Bismack Biombo, unfortunately, and I apologize long, but it just does nothing for you, especially when he shoots 37%. If Phoenix did want to bring him back, Unfortunately, that tells you right there that he's probably no longer a good fit on an NBA roster. Yeah, Gerald, unfortunately, like a big body and, uh, you know. And he started out bad in free throws, got up to 65%. I mentioned this. I looked it up last night. Went up to 65% in Orlando and then all the way down to 37% last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, in, in and even in spite of that bad skill, Gerald, he managed to somehow uh, get a big uh, payday from uh, from the Charlotte Hornets and the Orlando Magic. And you're right, it he upticked a little bit in Orlando, but that was it. That's you know an anomaly, so to speak, in his career because he's literally 
like Gerald said, like a 37% free throw shooter. Can't really have that guy on the on the floor, especially um, given the fact that, you know, somebody like DeAndre Jordan was a, was a sub 40% free throw shooter for a time with the Clippers, but he was a lob threat. He was an agile shot blocker. Bismack Biombo's in his mid thirties. He's not that player anymore. Uh, I think the the Lakers would be better suited just to give those minutes over to Jackson Hayes. Yeah, I just they they serve the same purpose. It's just another. It's a short. He's a shorter guy, stronger, but you know he's just a he's a shot blocker and a rebounder. But unfortunately, when he goes on the offensive end, he's absolutely useless unless he's dunking the ball. But even when he tries to dunk his uh, dunk the ball, everybody knows around the league he's such a lousy free throw shooter. They're just going to foul him each and every time, and that's almost like a wasted possession. Yeah, it is. It is, especially in um, in today's game where where possessions are you know as valuable as you know carrying water through the the Sahara Desert, especially in the playoffs. So, um, just wasting possessions, which is what it would be. You're right, Gerald. Is it's not a good option. I will, though, go back into what you were talking about with the Lakers. Lakers offseason, again, solid role players, solid rotation players. If Jackson Hayes or Cam and or Cam Reddish can come through, and believe me, Cam Reddish, I was saying no, 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 no. But, you know, back when he was on the Knicks, everybody was saying, oh, let's get him on the Lakers, let's get him on the Lakers. We had that whole crowd asking, okay, you got him now. You got him. You want – you get what you wanted, and yeah. you got what you wanted. You better hope it pays off or you know what? I am going to have lots of fun at other people's. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Cam Reddish, but because he, he can play on it, obviously as an athletic wing and up-tempo offense, you know, this is suited for him can get to the free throw line. Terrible as far as a three point shooter. And if he doesn't shore that part of his game up, he's probably going to be out of the league in two, three years. But if he does get to the point where he's decent and it starts off with the Lakers, he can become, he could resurrect his career just like we hope for Christian Wood. Yeah, he could. He very well could, Gerald. And that's, that's the case. He he picked, him and his reps picked the best spot because obviously they could have, they could have signed just about anywhere. But obviously looking at the way the Lakers can develop players who either are two or three tools. And it seems like Phil Handy and uh, the um, development staff can add a tool or two in a, into a player, Gerald. So hopefully it pretends to something well. I think it's mutually beneficial for both sides. But again, as Gerald has said, it, it's more of a, th- a, a theoretical uh, potential with uh, Reddish and ha- Hayes right now rather than their actual potential, which uh, they they've both, you know, had really, really up and down careers up until this point. They're both uh, former lottery picks. Um, Reddish has had a little bit more problems gaining some traction than Hayes. Uh, hopefully both of them, you know, find find some ways to contribute, Gerald. But I will say this. As far as the offseason is concerned, uh, the Austin Reeves contract is really good, Gerald, but let's remember it's really more of a three-year contract rather than four. Yes. He is not yes. going to he's not option. going to exercise his player option that fourth year. Um, considering he's got another level to do his game that we think, Gerald, 
but that that deal is a very good deal regardless of whether it's three or four because it gives Rob time to maneuver these the actual scenario where you got to pay Austin Reeves just a little bit more money. All those contracts the Lakers signed players to this this offseason are very tradable, even Rui to an extent, mm-hmm. even though it is, I think, as of now, a little bit of an overpay. I'm going to yep. be honest, but you were basing everything off of his performance in the playoffs, and I still don't think he should start. I think he will start in its current format just because of the $17 million. I think his best position is coming off the bench. But again, the Lakers do have options. We talked about, remember when they didn't have wings on this team? Well, now they have lots of wings on this team. They've got lots of versatility. The only thing is they just need one more big man and be able to go ahead and they'll have that kind of versatility. And they've got two players deep as far as players that can come in and make contributions at, at seemingly every spot on the floor, which is basically what you want throughout the season. Yes, yes. Comp- complementary depth, complementary pieces around uh, LeBron AD, especially. And um, look, I, I realize some people, again, it, it, maybe it's a flavor of the month. Maybe it's just, you know, not your cup of tea, but the Laker, the Lakers added shooters and or non-dominant uh, ball handlers that f- fit games fit around LeBron AD, Torian Prince, Gabe Vincent brought back Rui. Austin Reeves is in the picture again. And we need to remember something else, Gerald. Uh, During the playoff run, we know that LeBron came back sooner than than probably what's medically um, suggested for an injury like that to play at that high of a level. And he ran the fewest pick and rolls in the playoffs that he ever has. And who did he defer a lot of those pick and roll actions to, Gerald? You t- you go go forward, my friend. Yeah, Austin Reeves. Yep. He he was he was very deferential, Gerald. I think that that again surprised a lot of people, but it shouldn't come as a surprise because we we saw throughout the year, Gerald, how um, Austin Reeves had a particular skill set that was getting better and better at the more he did it which is he can absorb contact into the paint and finish through that contact i actually think you know if he's got that another level in him gerald we're talking about a guy who could potentially be top 10 in the nba in free throw shooting this year yeah again i think there's going to see a big jump up for austin i think that's going to be something that's going to be very special d'angelo russell has a make it or break it year i think uh, for him whether or not he's going to continue in the league as a starter or be coming off the bench, there's a very real possibility his play could lead him down on the rotation to coming off the bench and Gabe Vincent put at the starter or could be a position where if he does well, could, I don't know, could make himself look better or at least look better for the Lakers as far as a, a good trade value for someone out there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of a... Like you said, make or break uh, for him. Uh, you know, it, in case of emergency, break glass. That that's what his contract is. I agree, Gerald. Good point. Um, if he plays well, um, that could lead to either the Lakers looking at uh, improving the slot, or he's actually found a role and Ham is less hesitant to you know not try and hide him. 
Um, you know, I do not lot... think you will get through this season with this roster. I, I, I really think, think so you either. don't. No, I, I think it's going to be a, a little different, hopefully not drastically different, but I agree, Gerald, that the roster that starts isn't going to be the roster that finishes. This is not this team. <laughs> As we... That's awesome comparison. I appreciate that. Yeah, I bet Joe is somewhere mad that you that you said that though. Well, well you know, I mean, Joe's the Mark Madsen. How about yeah, that? Yeah, he, is. He's, he is. You're the Kobe. I'm the Shaq. It doesn't matter to me. And then yeah. Joe's the Mark Madsen. Yeah, that's right. Yes, that's absolutely. right. Uh, Did you have Joe, thoughts on the more thoughts in the off season? Go for it, my friend. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I, uh, I go looking at a team that kind of had a bad off season, Gerald. Uh, the Golden State Warriors um, lost. Well, here's what I'll say: you got into you got into a business relationship with Jordan Poole based mm-hmm. on one season of productivity that he had, which happens with every NBA team. Yeah, come on, let's let's, let's be real. Yeah, here. let's be honest, right? Half the Lakers would have if they would have done it on the Lakers. The Lakers would have done the same yeah. thing. Yeah. However, Poole's uh trust in the organization is didn't meet their trust in his because his past two years have been very disappointing gerald very disappointing especially this last year very very high expectations for him especially being on a team with two hall of fame shooters who obviously the greatest shooter in the history of the game uh you know uh, Everything pointed in the direction that this kid can blossom, and it didn't materialize, Gerald. And I think the bigger issue for them is that they didn't get enough for him. Washington absorbed his contract, but I don't think they got enough assets requisite commensurate to what they paid him ultimately. Now, you ended up getting Chris Paul, but Chris Paul's 38 years old, Gerald. He's just as injury-prone as your starting point guard. And I think losing that amount of size, especially, and the big one, Gerald, was losing Dante DiVincenzo off the bench. He, like, he blossomed this year. Well, now they, they're fully in on uh, Kaminga. Yeah, they have to be, right? Yes, and, but they still have no size. Uh, <sighs> Dario Saric isn't going to cut it. Uh, they just don't have any size or rim protection no. on that team which, uh, again, is something that they've been trying to deal with. Wiseman, they let go. They gave up on him, which I thought was a mistake. I think he's going to be an adequate – didn't say he's going to be a good. I said he's going to be an adequate center in the league. I think the, And I think that they should not have given up on him so soon. But, you know, that's obviously something that they were tired of. So it didn't work out for them there. Again, I'm not I'm, – I'm down on them as well. I don't think they had the greatest of off seasons as well. I think that they have some issues. I Again – you're going to have to convince me that that Chris Paul is going to be happy coming off the bench for 82 games this year because I don't believe it. I'll see it when I believe it. And yeah. I think he's going to be miserable and he's going to let the entire team know. And I think he's going to be either traded away before the end of the season or it's going to implode. And I just don't think the the, the Warriors are getting too old and don't have enough height to go ahead and, and have that same kind of success. I really think that this point in time, what I'm seeing is them leaning down, leaning away from where they're happening. I, I'm not in love with the fact that what Vegas put them ahead of the Lakers. I just don't see the kind of depth on that team. I just don't see the kind of, of, of 
I see fragility on that team. I see age and I see a lack of height. I think that's all going to work against them in the end. I think so as well, Gerald. There, there's, you know, there, there are a couple teams who, who have, like, if they have one or two injury problems, it'll be a trickle down effect to their depth and if, would affect them greatly. And you're right, Golden State is one of those teams. If one of their key players goes down for, you know, a month or longer, they're going to have very, very difficult time uh, aggregating that production. Not to mention it creates a, a trickle down with their bench. And as Gerald has said, they are very slim, especially, especially if you lose somebody on the, on, on the wing, they are very vulnerable. And, you know, I'm with Gerald. I mean, like here's golden state. They could probably win maybe 50 games in the regular season. But again, as Gerald has said, if they don't address the size issue, they have the same problem in the 24 playoffs as they had in the 23 playoffs. It's just, you're too small. Uh, teams will will find a way to hammer away at that in a seven-game series. Now, the Kings had an advantage on the front court, but it took Golden State by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, Gerald, uh, for a game seven to uh, finally put them away. Uh, but I think they're they're going to take a little slide back this year. Uh, on, on the opposite end, Gerald, um, I think the team that had the best offseason overall in the NBA was the Indiana Pacers. I, I disagree with you on that, okay. but go ahead. Right. Yeah, no, no, that's all right. Um, I just, um, look. I don't they... strongly disagree. I just slightly disagree. But okay. they, I think enough. they overpaid on Brown. I really think okay. they overpaid on Brown. Yeah, uh, to, to be fair, that that's, uh, that's a one-year deal with uh, – with a second year on the option. And I agree, Gerald, but perhaps maybe this is uh, Indiana's way of just dipping into what, what they have as far as a salary cap room is concerned. I mean, um, I, I think that's the case. Um, they have, a, they have not only the, a lot of depth, Gerald, they have the best depth in the NBA. So, uh, your guard, your point guards are Tyrese Halliburton, Andrew Nemhard, and you could possibly throw in, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, Wa- uh, Walker from Houston can act as a point guard. Um, that probably won't happen right away, but he does have Scotty Barnes type skills. Um, but you look at that. You look at their their team drill. They have a lot of size. Um, they still have Walker. They brought in Obi Toppin. Which, by the way, Toppin put up starter numbers when Julius Randle was hurt, Gerald. So mm-hmm. I really think that's more of a case of the Knicks not developing one of their uh, lottery. Yeah, I like. I, I, I still have hope for Obi Toppin. I agree yes, with so you. do I. What, which probably means that Indiana has promised him that he'll probably start. I know a lot of people think eventually Walker will be their starting power forward especially with uh, playing beside Halliburton and Miles Turner, but we'll see. But they've added a lot of parts, Gerald. The, the draft was really good. Walker was a great pickup. Ben Shepard was an underrated pickup. So Indiana can can match you with size. They can match you with shooting. They also have uh, the best cutters in the NBA as well, Gerald. Walker, Brown, Matherin, and Andrew Nemhard, all capable of being competent cutters off the ball. 
Um, I think Indiana is going to surprise a lot of people this year, Jill. They would not surprise me if they ended up anywhere from, you know, a three to a six. Ooh, I'd, I'd next... say I'd say a five to a five to a ten. I say from okay. fifth to tenth, I'd probably put them in that range. I think there's fair still, enough. I mean, I think they... they're still a player or two away from reaching the upper echelon, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, I, I, I think, think and right. I think a lot a lot depends on Halliburton. You gave him two hundred sixty million. Yeah. Is he going to be that player next season that you hope he is? Is he going to go the route of SGA? Is he going to grow at the same speed and rate as SGA has with Oklahoma City? Because if that's the case, then then you're you're very warranted in your estimation. Absolutely, and I think it's also a case of you're you're not asking Bruce Brown to do anything more or less than what he did in Denver. He is, I think, he's going to be asked to do the exact same things. In Indiana, he did in Denver, and he doesn't need to have um, more expectation put on him, Gerald, because quite frankly, he's not that kind of player. And as you said, perhaps the contract value matched with the skill set, it's probably an overpay. I agree. But you know what? Sometimes in business that has to happen. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I think I think they're still a couple years away, but they have a core that they're going to build around right now. And surprisingly, Gerald, this is a team that we're talking about whose head coach is Rick Carlisle. I never t- thought we'd talk about a Rick Carlisle coach team in the with using the word fun a lot. But <laughs> they're going to be a fun team. And surprisingly, a Rick Carlisle team might end up with a top five offense in the NBA this year. Uh, again, I see them as a as a team in the mix, in the playoff mix. How high? Uh, we'll wait and see. But I think that was actually uh, some good thoughts right there. Again, I kind of disagree as far as how high they may go, but it, not to the point where I'm like, oh, they're they're going to be like a mediocre team. I, I, I do see them at around 500 or a little bit higher, maybe 45, 47 wins. Empire Jeff says the East is very top heavy, so they could be right. They could take advantage of that. If they've got health and the other teams don't, you never know what's going to happen. But You've got some other teams in mind as well this offseason that that caught your eye? Yes. Uh, I, I realize a lot of people are, are still uh, uh, they're the defending champs, but I thought Denver weak uh, free agency, and I thought they had, uh, you know, I loved the Julian Schrother pickup. Shout out to uh, Gerald's uh, Nevada. But I think, Gerald, they're, ho- they're really hoping for in-house growth rather than from the outside looking in they've they only played in so they only played eight men in the playoffs specifically and they've lost their two most important bench players right mm-hmm. green and brown are gone they can't find replacements for those um so they're hoping there's a lot of in-house growth gerald if denver <clears throat> and we know that uh you know they there have been some injury past with both joker and michael porter jr they can't afford any injuries gerald they're another really thin team as far as depth is concerned if 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 they're snake bitten by injuries they're gonna it's gonna be a tough road for them to to call themselves defending champs you're talking about a lot is riding on reggie jackson (laughs) a second year player and some rookies to go ahead and get you on by and we'll see if that's going to be the case uh you're you're right on that. Plus, they'll be looking to see what they can do in the buyout market, or see what they can do to try to solidify what they can as far as you know, as far as the back end of their roster. But that front end is definitely a, a, one of the best starting fives in the NBA. Yeah. Again, 
And they obviously proved that to be the case winning the championship. So I don't want to underestimate them too much, but I agree with you. It could, if you get any injuries in that starting five, it could be a little bit of trouble for the Denver Nuggets so far in the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and um, before we head out, Gerald, there's just, uh, I think one more team we uh, need to comment about. And um, look, Another rival for us, the Phoenix Suns. Um, it's likely that the, the Lakers and the Suns will be jockeying for uh, a top four home court uh, advantage in the West. Just looking at on paper, and again, as Gerald said, it's, there's time weeks in advance to go over previews. But on paper, they're a better team. They're a better team. Yes, they had to acquire a lot of minimum guys because there's their top four, which I think Aiton is the lowest paid on the list, Gerald, around 32 million. And then Eric Gordon makes like three and then everybody else is basically on a minimum. So they've got about eight roster spots that they're hoping can just fill a void better than last year because while they did get some production, Gerald, out of the front court, even though it was thin, they they lost Jock Landale, who signed for an obscene amount of money in Houston. They weren't uh, – they decided, like Gerald said earlier, not to bring back Bizback Biombo. So the, the back end of their bench is a lot deeper than it was, but will that m- mean the same thing, Gerald? Would they find themselves in the exact same scenario maybe? In next year's playoff, I don't know. I, I I see a marginal improvement as far as depth goes in their regular season. I just don't know about the playoffs. But then again, they always have the ace in the hole that they could go ahead and utilize and trade DeAndre Ayton to mix some of that up later on yeah. in the season if they don't yeah. like what they see. Yes, absolutely. And you know what, Gerald? That 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 just that just points us in another big direction, right? Because at the end of last year, we heard a lot of noise around the NBA about a lot of movement, and we're still waiting on Dame Lillard, and we're still waiting on James Harden, and apparently Carl Anthony Towns' his name is out in the trade ether, and so is DeAndre Ayton. There's just a lot of smoke right now. Pascal Siaga, there's another name, yes. So all this all this movement could be upon us, but it's been very, very quiet, Gerald. Almost too quiet, if you ask me. Well, we'll see what happens, my friend. Uh, some great thoughts in the offseason. Uh, we'll go through more winners and losers in the offseason here in the coming days and weeks right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Again, we'll also try to reach out to other fans or experts of other NBA teams to go ahead and stop on by and share thoughts on how their teams did in the offseason. Next week, though, we are going to devote, unless there's some breaking news that obviously we have to interject with, but we're going to go ahead and devote next week to some of the new players that are joining this team and who they are, what they've been like as far as players, and what they could do for our team going forward. So definitely going to go ahead and, and see what happens there. You guys are already picking the Bucks. I'm not exactly sold on the Bucks because they've gotten a year older and they've gotten a little bit thinner on the bench. Their their bench mm-hmm. last season didn't prove to be good. Uh, I mean, I guess if you want Malik Beasley and you've got uh, Jay Crowder, 
uh, I guess if you're you're riding on them as far as to go ahead and and uh, play out their bench, but uh, you know they did you did bring Middleton back, who's been very uh, injury prone the past couple seasons. You also have Brook Lopez back, who's again coming off a great season, but can he repeat that at his age? We'll wait and see. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, you've run almost into the ground because he's played so many minutes and done so much for this team. I'm worried about him breaking down simply because of the fact that he's just played so hard, so well on the defensive end. Plus, he's such a volume shooter. You know, it, it, again, the uh, the the Milwaukee thing, I can see it, but right now, again, everything has to fall in place for Milwaukee to go ahead and advance. I, th- I think more has to fall in place for them than for Boston. Boston can get by with a lot more talent, and things don't have to go right as much for them to to advance. No, and then right. with Milwaukee, Milwaukee, that's the other thing. I think Cleveland is a team that you guys got to go ahead and keep an eye on because mm-hmm. they, I think, proved their team, you know, not not by leaps and bounds, but they filled some holes in the offseason with some decent players. Yeah, Cleveland needed wing depth, Gerald, and uh, they got it. We'll see if it pays off. I'm not a huge fan of uh, of Niang myself. I thought they they could have went somewhere else, but I love Max Struess. Thought that was a great pickup. Um, and for goodness sakes, Gerald, I did not have the Cleveland Cavaliers pegged as one of the uh, finalists for the summer league title because I thought they they ran out of their young depth. But apparently, uh, their scouting department is uh, starting to get noticed because. They have a few guys that are ready to go up to the big squad pretty soon. So you're right. Uh, uh, no, nobody should be sleeping on Cleveland. Gerald, I think Cleveland would be the natural team to move up in the East. If Philly's going to slide back down, you're right. Um, one thing Cleveland, two teams that have something going for them that were made made some nice moves around the margins where where uh, the Cavs and the Kings Gerald but they have a lot of continuity right they're both of those teams they, uh, the Cavs dealt with injuries more than the Kings did but for the most part their starting fives are solidified and uh, now it's just kind of adding around them so I'm with you I think Cleveland isn't even a sleeper team uh, I would consider them a, a, a dark horse contender in the east well those are some great thoughts right there from my good friend mr sean grice sean it's been amazing talking to you as always i, th- I made sure i wanted to get you some time as far as some early off-season thoughts you have plenty of time as well to always share your thoughts on the off-season if there's anything more that hits you you know even in our discussions next week if you want to throw it in there as well you're always welcome to I thought we'd go ahead and start Monday's show with Gabe Vincent. Okay. Let's go ahead and say, who is Gabe Vincent? We'll talk about that on Monday's show. Although, if Magic Man gets the urge to go on Sunday, <laughs> you never know. He might drag the old man here on it. If there's something really pertinent he needs to say or get Laker Nick. Because you tried, I tried to see you. I, I saw you trying to get him on the bat phone. Yeah. So, it's okay. So hopefully, Sean, what do you want to talk about? Well, let's do a pod, Tom. Okay. What are we discussing? Uh, it's Christian. Uh, Wood. Get, okay. Okay. Yeah, if you can get Tom on the, on the, on the bat line, or if you can get Laker Nick on the bat line, there you go. Indeed. But uh, you know, I'd said for me, 
unless Sean needs me uh, on Sunday to go ahead and step in, I will be here Monday with him talking about, again, Gabe Vincent or anything else going on in the NBA or anything else he wants to talk about right here because it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate you watching, listening, and how you have taken some time out of your Lakers weekend with us. Looking forward to going ahead and seeing more what happens. Will the Christian Wood drama continue to play out? I hope it plays out on Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out what the guys, Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom, have to say to each other at Lakerholics.com, which is part of the reason why we're doing it today. But yes, for our magic man, Sean Grice, it's me, Gerald Glassford. Again, we truly appreciate you watching this. If you have not yet subscribed, please, we're almost to 1,000. We're almost there. We're just a little over 75 away from becoming a 1,000, the big mark, the benchmark that everybody on YouTube talks about as far as being a 1K subscriber. That'll They say that everything starts to fall more in place once that happens. I have yet to believe that, but again, we have to get to that number and see. So please, please help us out. If you know anybody that's a Lakers fan in their life, please just go ahead, tell them three words, Lakers fast break. That's all they need to know. Tell them they need to go there and check it out. Joe will be back on Tuesday. Hopefully all will go as well with him. Hopefully he won't be like the wedding crashers and destroy that wedding and, you know, ruin it for the, the bride and groom, which is with him is always a possibility. Mm-hmm. Him and his new quaff per se. But Magic Man, any thoughts before we head on out? Yes, Gerald. First of all, it's all about the love with us. Uh, we both love Laker Tom and Jamie, although yes. we don't love everything that they do. Or they um, say. Yes, but we love them regardless. So hopefully yes. fences will be mended. But Gerald is right. When you're not involved in the drama, you could sit back, pop some popcorn, and enjoy the show. Absolutely, because it's so. St- I'm gonna be honest with everybody. This is behind the scenes stuff. When all that stuff happens, you know, as far as the Lakers fast break drama, it always happens, and then I see it, and I get so stressed out. <laughs> it stresses me out, and I have to deal with this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man, is it worth it? Is it worth it? You know, whether it's you know what happened with Sean a few weeks back, whether it's Joe on a regular basis. Or Laker Tom, what what he was said, you know, not too long ago. Gerald has teenage children, ladies and gentlemen, that he's raising. We don't need to add to his stress. Tell me about it, indeed. But it is the Lakers fast break. Just for one, Sean, I am glad I'm able to go ahead and get some popcorn, relax, and enjoy the show. I will say that, indeed. (laughs) So for Benjamin John Grice... This is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. Blue Magic, you and the rest of our great audience are the best. The best Lakers chat room that's out there is the Lakers Fast Break. Please help us get to where we need to go. We really want to be one of the go-to sources for all Lakers fans out there because we think we have something good to say. Whether you disagree with us or you agree with us, at least you know you're getting it straight from us you're not hearing anything that's implanted or something that you know we're afraid to say or not say because we don't want to get in bad graces with the team or anything like that we call it like we see it and we hope you like what we do right here at the lakers fast break kurt 
Pop die at the end. Have a great weekend. You can always go ahead and rewind what we said. We had a great conversation with Jamie and his thoughts on the drama going on behind the Lakerholics.com. Plus also as well, his thoughts on Christian Wood and, and all the sign-in trade rumors and all that. Plus Magic Man and I covered some thoughts on the offseason, who he thinks are some winners and losers as well. So, Kurt, go ahead and rewind, my friend. You're more than welcome to. But you and everybody else out there, Blue, PMC, Intel, Hunter, great to have you here. I'm a delusional fan that wants Woods to be on the Lakers. That's not delusional at all, Hunter. Again, if we get the right... Okay, this is just like the Mobamba. The Mobamba, in theory, unfortunately, did not work better and work as well out in practice. But the Christian Wood, in theory, could help the Lakers go a long way this season, if that's the case. So let's hope so. Let's hope we, at least we get a chance and on the flyer for the minimum. If it doesn't work out, it's just the veteran minimum indeed. So for Magic Man, Sean Grice, it is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. We truly appreciate it. Please. Check us out Monday where we'll be talking Gabe Vincent. Who is Gabe Vincent? You'll find out our thoughts on who he is, how he's been, and what he could do for the Lakers. And if Sean wants to pop on Sunday, you never know. But as of now, looking forward to Monday. And you enjoy the rest of your Lakers weekend right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.